0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 57 of Wrestle Life Radio. Do we sound different to you? I don't know, we're using a new program now, so let us know what you think. Leave a comment, yes, it sounds great, or boo, please go back. My name is Matt Sin, I'm here with my cousin Kyle Pauly, and we're here to tell you about AEW Dynamite. Yes, sir. So we're really excited. My wife and I actually just finished recording the NXT show, and uh, now we're jumping right on into AEW. So I'm I'm really excited because both shows were amazing, and I'm kind of excited to kind of compare and contrast. So, uh, but before we do that, today is November the seventh, twenty nineteen. We're going to tell you about this day in wrestling history, and we actually have a very interesting one today. Because today, 25 years ago, was the Monday Night Raw that Vince McMahon announced Macho Man Randy Savage has left the WWF. Ooh. I know. And I'm going to read verbatim what he said. It's only about a paragraph. So about halfway through Raw, Vince McMahon says, conspicuous by his absence, is the Macho Man Randy Savage. I would like to announce that unfortunately Randy Savage has been unable to sign a new contract with the WWF. Not unable to, rather come to terms with the WWF for a new contract. Randy, I know you're out there listening, and on behalf of all of us here in the World Wrestling Federation, all of your fans, and certainly from me, your number one fan, I'd like to thank you for all your positive... Yeah, I know. I'd like to thank you for all your positive contributions to the World Wrestling Federation. Thank you, Randy Savage, for all the wonderful memories for so many years in the World Wrestling Federation. We wish you nothing but the best. Godspeed, and good luck.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm guessing Randy Savage left uh, WWE for uh, Slim Jim.
0: <laughs> it was for WCW, actually. So oh, okay. basically what happened was he, he was the last man eliminated in the 93 Royal Rumble. And he only wrestled 15 more matches until, well, I think it's November of, here, let me see, uh, October 17th of 1994. Uh, this man thought he was too old to go but he left and the one month later he appeared at WCW Saturday Night which at the at the time was the biggest show WCW had and he stayed with them until 2000 may of 2000 which is less than a year before they were bought out by the WWF
1: yeah and shortly before his rap career
0: <laughs> yeah that was some kind of a career it was yeah yeah. Eh, eh. uh 15 years ago today we had uh TNA's Victory Road and that was from Universal Orlando. And Hector Garza, who is the uncle of Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. And you'll know that they were cousins if you listen to the NXT show. They want He won a 20-man X-Division gauntlet match. And just to give you a couple names that were also in that match, uh, Matt Seidel, who you might know as Evan Bourne. Chris mm-hmm. Saban. Frankie Kazarian. Alex Shelley. Sanjay Dutt. So definitely had some other other big names. And uh, the main event was Jeff Jarrett defeating Jeff Hardy in the ladder match to, to retain the NWA championship. Of course he did. And I feel like that's going to tie in to something that we're going to talk about on the AEW show.
1: Triple J winning the belt again.
0: No, no. No, no. Um, so Let's get into AEW. Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. So Let's talk about the show opener, which they basically just... Immediately open with Pac versus Trent. and well, the announcer
1: started with a whole rundown of the show, which they was, did uh, they usually which do. Is pretty nice. yeah. it's yeah. A, it's nice to see uh, what you're gonna be watching on a television show unlike uh, the other show.
0: Yeah, well it they announce
1: things and then uh, change their mind like halfway through the show.
0: <laughs> well, this is something that UFC does. so it, it is very very big fight feel, very sports oriented, which is something that they really want to push for. So, yeah. I get that.
1: Also, I want to note that um, they just put up a graphic that said Cody's making an announcement, and the crowd went nuts. So, I'll just tell you uh, what's to come for uh, <laughs> for Cody Rhodes later in the show, because everybody loved him.
0: They love that Cody Rhodes. He is yeah. super, super over. So, if you listened to the NXT show yesterday, or if you watched NXT, you'll know that they opened up with Damian Priest versus Pete Dunne, which I said on the NXT show... Was much better than it should have been, and let me tell you, Pac versus Trent Beretta, much better than it should have been. So tell me about it, Kyle.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this match. It was a good opening match. Um, it's pretty much what it needed to be. Uh, Pac came out. You know, he's got a good bit of heat, so that's good. Trent came out with he's and also he's just Trent now, not a uh, not Trent Beretta or anything. So Trent came out with Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy by his side. Uh, basically, Pac won the opening grappling. Like they had a grappling contest to start off with. Um, Pac won out and basically just stood over Trent uh, like a bully. The crowd, you know, was booing him pretty big. So got some good heat there. Uh, he ducked to the outside. Had a stare down with Orange Cassidy. Trent was able to get the advantage in the ring. Pac throws Trent. He gets him in the outside and like throws him in the guardrail multiple times, just getting a bunch of heat. Uh, does a lot of the, like a damage on the outside, throwing him on the ramp, uh, you know, just destroying him. And then I was thinking, I was like, is the referee even counting this? <laughs> Cause they, uh, they were out there quite a while. Forever. And, yeah. And he's just like throwing him against the thing. Finally, the referee, like the camera turns around, the ref's just like standing there. JR says something like, well, the referee's about to lose control of this match. Yeah. And I was like, is there any control of this match?
0: I think he did mention that he was using his discretion.
1: And later on in the match, he said something about, he was, you know, he did end up counting later in the match, but it was like the first time I heard him. I was like, oh, he is doing it. Yeah. Basically, Pog just continued doing damage uh, to Trent on the outside. He had a big dive, basically kept control of the match and slowed things down with rest holds. Uh, but anytime Trent tried to get momentum, Pac would just cut him off. Uh, then Orange Cassidy uh, just got in the ring and just stood there, and Pac got in his face. And then uh, Chuck Taylor got him on the apron, and the ref felt the need to stop him and not Orange Cassidy. So he was, like, distracting while Orange Cassidy uh, put in his offense. He laid a couple kicks into Pac. Crowd's going crazy, you know, just doing the chance along with it. And then Pac had enough and just booted him in the face. And if you haven't uh, seen
0: Orange Cassidy, when we say Orange Cassidy got his kicks in, none of ran them ran wild. Yeah, none of them connected.
1: <laughs> well, they connect.
0: I don't know what you I mean, about.
1: just, yeah. They, <laughs> they connect.
0: Right I mean, to, like, his ankle?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's his offense, so. <laughs> but uh, clearly not effective because Pac just booted him around right the face and killed him. Uh, and he basically rolled outside and was dead the rest of the match. But uh, actually, though, this distraction allowed Trent to uh, get back in the ring. He kind of made a comeback. He had to flip to the outside. Basically returned the favor to Pac, Start throwing him into the guardrail. He had a big knee in the back of Pock's head and got a near fall. An awesome tornado DDT for a near fall. Basically, he was in control. But then uh, Pock regained the event when he hit a nasty-looking brain buster on the outside. It, like, it hurt. Um, this, that's actually when we got this count for the first time. Yeah. Because the ref probably thought he was dead. He's like, oh, better count this guy out. Uh, <laughs> and then JR put in the nice jab. He's like, oh, it's nice to see that. <laughs> right. So um, he basically rolled uh, Trent back in went for the black arrow. Uh, he hits it. And if you've heard about the show already, you know, this was a giant botch. Uh, it was also featured on, um, let's see uh, wrestle botch. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, basically the referee count, he starts the count, gets to two. And I guess Trent was supposed to kick out and the referee knew it. And he stopped counting the fans, rained booze into the ring. Yeah, it was weird. And, uh, usually this crowd <laughs> plays a plays along pretty well, but, uh, not here. They are not going to put up with these ignorant refs anymore with their uh, no counts and not counting the pins. So they let the ref have it here. I'm surprised we didn't get a UF'd up chant, (laughs) but basically Pac grabs Trent, puts him in the brutalizer and the ref immediately rings the bell. I I think they wanted to get over the brutalizer and he was supposed to lock it in, but maybe Trent didn't want to kick out of the black arrow at the same time. I I don't know what was supposed to happen, but they clearly screwed it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, Pac picks up the win. I don't know if the ref was. My that, thought
1: was Pac was probably going to hit the move, and then like before the ref counted three or something, he was going to switch it to the brutalizer.
0: Yeah, or maybe Trent was supposed to count out or, or kick out. I don't know. The whole thing was weird. Someone screwed up, but I think it's it, it. And obviously, it makes the ref look bad. But it could have been any of the three of them, really.
1: I mean. WWE at least has done a good job of, like, telling the referees, I mean, if, if they don't kick out, count three. Right. Because, I mean, you don't want to—this is probably the worst-case scenario of, like, it was clearly not supposed to happen. Like, the refs freezes his hand in mid, in midair. Trent never kicked out. Uh, all the announcers thought that he had won the match. It was just—he should have just counted three. He wins with his move, and then he could just slap on the brutalizer if he wants to.
0: Right. So. Well, my little brother messaged me about 90 minutes ago, and said, "So we're just now watching AEW, and then the ref completely botched the Pac versus Trent finish." And I said, "Well, maybe either that, or Trent forgot to kick out, or Pac was, you know, was supposed to pick him up and do the brutalizer. I don't know what happened, but it it did look bad. It looked pretty bad."
1: Yeah, it was a miscommunication, but he still had to lock on the brutalizer and. Basically, he held on to it, and after the match, he grabs the mic, tells the fans to shut up, cuts a promo on Hangman, basically hyping up the full gear match, and he promised to make an example out of Hangman. So, I mean, it was a good opening match. Uh, yeah. Pac yeah, I don't want to take here. away
0: from what was a pretty stupendous match, just because of a sloppy ending.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really just the ending that was yeah. the botch here.
0: Yeah. So, so Otherwise, it was really good. It was really good. Yeah.
1: And then we went to a break, a picture-in-picture break. I actually stepped away when the break started happening. I did like pass by my TV while I was like tending to my animals, and uh, saw the Dark Order like chilling backstage with their minions. So
0: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. Like the nothing really happened during the break. Like and then it yeah. showed like if I remember right, Cody Rhodes was in the back and he was talking to MJF before he came out. It was it was a little strange, but whatever. I mean. This is really just something for the live crowd. At least they're not doing picture in picture during the matches. Yeah. So you can still kind of pay attention. It was fine. It was I mean, this me.
1: was perfect because I obviously, I, and I kind of had a feeling like, because like I said, I passed back by the TV to make sure I wasn't missing anything and I saw that I wasn't. So I could get up and do things and not have to miss any part of the match or miss right. any big action going on. Like I just, you know, got up, took a little break and came back how they should use it. And they, Pretty much used it like this the whole night, so yeah, NXT up for me.
0: had a couple picture-in-picture, picture and it was completely in the middle of the matches. One of them in the middle of the main event.
1: Yeah, and I heard there were different breaks during the, uh, like multiple breaks during the Pete Dunn and uh, Punishment Priest. Martinez. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot his yeah. name. <laughs> Punishment Martinez, a.k.a. Damian Priest. Yeah. Uh, I heard there was like two breaks during that match, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, one was picture-in-picture, picture and one was not, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So that was that was kind of weird.
1: Yeah, but they use it right here. so Yeah, it's um, good. Yeah, and basically when we came back from the break, Cody's music hits and he starts coming out and my God, is he a giant baby
0: face. He is so over. It's absolutely incredible. I mean,
1: what bugs me. I mean, it doesn't necessarily bug me, but it, it just kind of baffles me that when him, when Cody and Dustin were in WWE as a tag team and they had that match I forget who was against. I think it was the shield. Yeah, and Dusty was at their side. And they were so over with the crowd. Like, even then, I was like, God, Cody, like, and he was Stardust at the time, I think, wasn't he?
0: Pretty sure, yeah.
1: I can't remember if he was still Stardust or if he was Cody at that point. I think he was Cody. I can't remember. I don't anyway, remember. I just but I do remember them like just loving Dusty, uh, Cody, and Dustin. Even then, I was like, God, this. I bet this guy could be a really big baby face. If they wanted to. It proves it here, and he's even bigger than I thought he could be because he is a mega baby face. Like these fans love him, and I mean he's he is their biggest baby face right now, hands down.
0: It is. It was Cody, by the way. I just looked it up for you.
1: Okay, so he he's just a giant baby face. Um, and I I don't know. Like, how do you feel? I guess we could talk more about it. You know, when we actually preview full gear coming up soon, but. I mean, do you do you think that Cody should win this match against Jericho at Full Gear?
0: Well, so let's talk about the let's talk about the announcement first. Because okay, I, okay. I think that kinda of ties into it. So right. before this announcement, no, zero chance. I thought there was no chance and no reason for Cody to win. But now there's a little bit. Cody cut the most impassioned speech and I I said this last week with Moxley, right? You can really tell that these guys are th- pouring their heart and soul into something that they absolutely love, and Cody cut the best promo that I have seen this year. Maybe maybe longer than that,
1: the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, it was incredible.
1: I mean, I think Daniel Bryan has his promos are awesome, Samojo's yep. They've been great in WWE, but like yeah. nothing in WWE in like the last couple of years has touched this.
0: No. And, like, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is also good. Yeah. Uh, and we could we could name people that are good. I mean, Chris Jericho, obviously. But, like, this one was just so good. He basically... and There wasn't anything to it. Basically, what he said was, I have a big announcement. I've heard what everyone's been saying. I know that people like my father and Cowboy Bill Watts and some other people, you know, they were known for you know, booking the show and putting themselves in title matches. And even though they're absolute legends and deserved it, people always said, you know, well, he's only there because he's booking the show. Yeah. And you could say, like, and I'll, let's talk about Triple H real quick, and then we'll get into Jeff Jarrett. Triple H is one of the greatest of all time. But back in, wow, I can't remember when it was, but it was when Randy Orton, I think it was 2003, 2004, when, he, like, the there were 16 title changes and I think, I think it was 16, and he was eight of those. So yeah. he would lose it to Orton and gain it back, then lose it to Benoit and gain it back, lose it to HBK and gain it back, and it just got so old. And I know the argument was, well, there weren't a whole lot of big stars then, but my gosh, people were so, so sick of it, and it didn't stop him from doing it. And yes, this was when, you know, he wasn't booking the show, but he was married to the boss's daughter, so you have that, and then you have Jeff Jarrett, who is a great worker. And I know a lot of people down on, get down on Jeff Jarrett. I think he's great. And did he deserve to win the TNA title? Yeah, multiple times. But did he deserve it to hold it as long as he did and gain it as many times as he did and basically hold the company hostage when much bigger stars and much better workers should have been winning that title? He he really messed up. I mean, he really screwed TNA over when guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe should have been fighting for the top title. And eventually they got there because they were undeniable, which is what Cody was saying. But for a long time, he held the top of the card hostage. He was the king of the mountain. This is what Cody was talking about. And fans have been complaining about that for years, right? Yeah. So Cody basically says... I am if I don't beat Chris Jericho this Sunday, I will never ever compete for the AEW title again. Ever. Yep. And so that obviously got a lot of boos. And he says, "But you know what? This is AEW. This is wrestling's Ellis Island. This is where wrestlers come and say this is freedom." And he said, it took me 14 years, but I went from undesirable to undeniable. He's right. He's one of the biggest names in all of wrestling. He is one of, if not the very biggest name in AEW. Huge pops. People love Cody. And let's not kid ourselves. Cody's not putting on a Kenny Omega match. You're not doing it. But he can tell a story... Better than almost anyone in the world right now.
1: I'm not going to say that he. I mean, obviously, him and Kenny Omega have different styles, correct? Uh, but match quality wise, he. I mean, he could definitely deliver. Um, right. He, he did it with Nick Wallace for the NWA title. I did it with um, Dustin. Yeah, I mean, he can he can pull it off. He's he's not the athlete that Kenny is, and uh, but I mean, he's he's got the charisma, and he's got basically what. Omega doesn't have in charisma, which he has a ton of. Cody has, you know, you know, more of that and brings more of that to the table. And like you said, he's such a great storyteller in the ring that like he brings the fans along for the ride the whole way through. And I mean, match quality wise, he's right up there.
0: Right. And so Cody says, you know what? You keep saying that I'm a millennial and that I grew up with a silver spoon. But man, it must have been real hard to grow up the son of a famous hockey player.
1: He also said you get Jericho's book on Amazon for $3 at any flea market, <laughs> which was got so a huge, good. huge pop.
0: Yeah, it really did. And so yeah. he said that uh, Chris Jericho actually needs this generation. And then he said, this isn't about, you know, my father or your father. This is about my wife. This is about my mother. This is about my sister. This is about my family. And he started choking up. And he just he was so, so passionate and he says, and on Saturday I'm taking that belt from you. And it was just so good. I mean, it was it, it was just so good. And it was what ninety seconds.
1: Yeah, and uh, just just think about this promo versus uh, Mister Mister uh, Monday Night Seth Rollins.
0: Oh gosh,
1: his his passionate promo that he gave. I mean, that wasn't a bad bad segment on Raw, but I mean, come on,
0: Brent, damn. <laughs>
1: Seth just standing out there and saying he doesn't know where he's going to go from here and all that. Like, that versus this promo. Yeah. Like, it, if you're ever wanting to be a pro wrestler or want to know what it's like to cut a great promo or want a promo class, just play this clip back. Right. Because, I mean, he put so much energy into it. He told such a great story. He hyped up the match. It's just a great A promo. Like, A++. Yeah. And, I mean... He basically said that basically full gear he was going to win the belt. And He warned even after that that the inner circle uh, was going to have to go up against the elite and that they were going to eat them alive. Yep. And uh, so that even teased the match that could possibly happen later down the road no matter the result of the match at um, full gear. So yeah, it just, like I said, A++ plus plus promo. Uh, Cody even hugged Tony at the end of it because him and Tony have been buddy-buddy. And <laughs> he did that and I was wondering, Okay, I love Tony, and Cody hugged him. But how long before the inner circle kills Tony Schiavone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's been right there by Cody's side, and I can just see if Cody does win the belt, I could see like inner circle just being like, "All right, time to kill Tony." Right, <laughs> they're gonna get back at him somehow. So
0: I hope yeah, that doesn't t- happen.
1: Tony's days are numbered.
0: I hope that doesn't happen. So you ask me if I think Cody had any chance of winning the championship. And we'll talk more about this in our full gear preview. Yeah, because this is a
1: big step. So yeah, it's huge. they can't. They, I think it's big. that uh, They can't pull a WWE here and, you know, do some swerve of like Cody loses and by, by then DQ he finds or a way. Like that. Yeah, like they can't. I don't think they can do something like that. So it'll be interesting to see. And like I said, we'll talk more about it when we talk full gear in our preview. But it's a big step here. So Cody's so over though. Like I, you know. I could totally see him winning it.
0: I... Okay. So Chris Jericho is the biggest name in in AEW for casual wrestling fans. I think what what will happen, and this is long-term booking, but AEW does that. I think Chris Jericho beats Cody Rhodes. And I think 18 months down the line, Kenny Omega is your champion. And Kenny's been champion for a while. And all of the elite are still faces... And Cody Rhodes comes to Kenny Omega and decks him, turns heel, and says, screw that noise, I'm challenging for the title. That's what I think will happen. But there has to be a long time from now, because they can't just, you know, do it again in three months. But I think if they, you know, no one, if Cody doesn't win, no one in their right mind goes, yeah, he's never, ever challenging for the title, ever. I mean, he could wrestle in AEW for another ten years. Yeah. So I I, I don't see that happening.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. And like we said, we will get more into it uh, when we talk about Full Gear because I definitely want to discuss that match. Grade A promo, so best part of the show.
0: Yeah, it was it was really well. I don't know about the best part of the show. We, we'll get to what I think is the best part of the show later. It was my favorite part because it, it was in, it was. Lord incredible. knows
1: we need a good passionate promo these days.
0: It was so good. And did you see that? And I, we've been talking on this for forever. We'll we will move on. But did you see that? Uh, both The Rock and Jim Cornette, and I'm sure other people too, uh, wrote him on Twitter and and praised him.
1: I didn't see The Rock had done it. No. But yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean it, that tells you if if Dwayne is uh, reaching out to you and telling you good job, kid, then. You're doing something right. Yeah.
0: Rock, I think most people would argue, greatest promo of all time. So if you if you get it from The Rock, then you're doing something right.
1: And Jorge Masvidal, the BMF title in UFC. So oh, yeah. That's, the I hear that's a very places.
0: important title.
1: Yeah, this Rock guy, he was coming up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we move to Private Party versus the Dark Order. And I don't really like the storyline behind this, but the match is going to be so amazing, I don't care. So basically what happened was SCU wins the gold medals, they won the tournament, and they actually came out with their medals around their neck. You see the Lucha Brothers, they have silver medals, and they're at the uh, the Spanish announce table. And then Private Party versus Dark Order come out, and the winner of this match gets the bronze medals, and will wrestle the other two teams in a triple threat tag title match. And now how
1: just... do we know that was a Spanish announce table, Matt?
0: Well, the the people there, okay... So, <laughs> okay. They were they were speaking Spanish. I know the announcers. Okay, we're going to move on from that before you think I'm a terrible person. Uh-huh. And so, this is very WWE to me, though. To go, okay, these two wrestlers just wrestled, or these two tag teams in this case. Let's just throw in another team. And I don't want to complain, because this match is going to be awesome. It's going to be so, so good. But the it's just a weird way to book it. I mean... I don't know why does the Lucha Brothers get another shot? They just lost clean in the middle of the ring.
1: Yeah, I would have rather seen. And i said this. I think uh, when we reviewed the match, I would have liked to see them do the finals on full gear. Um, but yeah, it's still a little strange that they're. You know, I mean, I would have even liked to seen this match on full gear, like maybe yeah. like pre-show or just like to open the show, give them a little bit more time. And it was, I mean, it had a big. You know, prize on the line of like the third place medals, uh, yeah. the bronze medal of the uh, tag tournament. So, yeah, it was strangely placed for sure. But, yeah, like you said, still a good match that's yeah. uh, coming up full gear. So,
0: the Lucha Brothers are my favorite tag team in the world. If uh, I listed my top 10 favorite tag teams, <laughs> I think most of them would be in AEW. So, but number two is the revival, actually. So, I, I anytime the Lucha Brothers are on my t- TV, say so, yeah. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> the Lucha Brothers are on my TV. It's great. I can't wait to see the Revival versus the Lucha Brothers in uh, uh what six eight months?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's gonna hopefully be so, gonna be so good. But yeah, this match was this match was pretty good. I mean, it if was. They, uh, they're it not was stuck fun. in Saudi Arabia next time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that'll that'll be the case. But do you, do you want to tell a little bit about the match?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. So basically, um, like like I said, it was for the uh, third place. Uh, bronze medals at the tag tournament, but also a third spot in a triple threat tag match for the belts at full gear. So, pretty big prize uh, for the winner of this match. Uh, Dark Order basically started out in control, but uh, Private Party was able to get control. They had a cool camel-clutched foot stomp combo. I mean, they've got awesome tag moves. Uh, and I, and I kind of like what JR said on commentary. He said they're kind of like, I think he was comparing them to Golden State Warriors. He said, he compared him to an NBA team who can shoot a lot of threes and put a lot of offense in, but might not have very good defense.
0: Yeah. And it that's a good way the to put a
1: party. Yeah. So good comparison by Jr. Yeah. I mean, he's good at his job. Cassidy also, he does that high pitch scream. Uh, this needs to stop. I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> I, if they were a heels, it'd be funny or it'd be fine. But when he's a baby face and he's screaming like a girl, um, yeah. Tired of hearing it.
0: Anyway. You know what? I, I, Montez Ford does it too, but I think Montez does it a lot better because he picks his spots better. Isaiah Cassie just just kind of does it whenever.
1: And he did it multiple times in this match. And right. the whole time I was just like, oh my god. It it just, it gave me the same kind of cringe and like, like shake down my spine that the ricochet pew! Right? Like, I hear it and I'm just like, oh god. Like, yeah. So, I don't want to hear it anymore, but I'm sure they could do it. Yeah,
0: you, anyway, you're going to hear it, yeah.
1: <laughs> Dark Order uh, basically worked on Cassidy. The minions were lurking on the outside, um, which I love the minions for some reason. I also like the boys from Dalton Castle, so I just have a thing for lackeys. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, basically went to commercial break. When we come back. Dark Order's still working on Cassidy, but Quinn was able to get the hot tag, comes in, and immediately gets clotheslined, <laughs> which I kind of laughed a little bit. Uh, but they did set up, Dark Order set up for the fatality, Quinn was able to get out. He hit a big flip to the outside. Um, he came back inside. And Uno hit a sweet neck breaker on Cassidy, but Quinn was able to break up the pinfall. Dark Horner actually hit. They got uh, both Cassidy and Quinn, one in the corner seated and one laying down. Grayson got up on the top rope and they hit a 450 splash. Grayson did while uh, Uno dove underneath for a cannonball. That was, was pretty really
0: cool. cool. Yeah. So that they did got a near that fight fall. for the fallen too.
1: Yeah, so, really cool. Uh, Private Party hit, uh, what? what's his name? The Gin and uh, Juice? Announcer, announcer with the mask. Uh, oh, Excalibur. Excalibur. He, uh, he called it the silly string, that uh, oh, yeah. sweet move they hit. And then uh, Private Party were able to hit the Gin and Juice on Grayson to pick up the win. And so they win the third place medals and the spot in the triple threat tag match for the World Cup to determine the best tag team in the world at full gear. <laughs> I just added that last part.
0: Is that what it's called?
1: No. That, <laughs> that was the stupid WWE Saudi Night tag team. I know. Yeah. I
0: just I just that's what you've named it now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, is
1: yeah, that's every tag team match from now on.
0: <laughs> so after this, it it was great. It was good. Um after this, and I, I you know, Lucha Brothers got in the ring, SCU got in the ring there, had a stare down, whatever. This is the best part of the show. No offense to Cody, because it was, again, best promo in at least a year. But this was so good. And it had to have been Chris Jericho's idea. So, a few weeks ago, we had this promo for Cody. And if you've been listening to the show, you know about it. It was really good. And basically, uh, he's sitting there in his kitchen, and Brandy's talking to him, and her voice kind of fades out. And he hits up, he's like, okay, dear. Kisses her on the cheek and walks away and then you know people from his family is I think his mom and you know Dustin and people are are talking about Cody and how focused he is and this was a parody and so Chris Jericho's sitting in in this dining room table and Sammy Guevara comes up and he's like hey Chris we got some options for the bubbly and he's like we got this and this and then, so his this voice fades out, and Chris Jericho gets up. He's like, "Okay," and kisses Sammy Guevara on the cheek. And I'm like, "All right, this, this is that's the part that sold it to me," and I know that this whole video is going to be great. And so they had Virgil talking about how great Chris Jericho. No, is. no, no,
1: no, no, no. Matt, Matt. It was Soul Train Jones.
0: Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, they, look so, and, you know, they look like Vincent from, w, from WCW, too. It's like they're all the same guy.
1: So, uh, according to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer, basically they did this because WWE owns the rights to like Virgil, Vincent, like all of his past names. So, the <laughs> only one that they could use was Soul Train Jones, <laughs> which what? is apparently one of his alter egos from That's back in amazing. the day. Amazing.
0: So, that yes, so Soul good. Train
1: Jones made his return on this. Uh, inner Circle promo.
0: That's so good. And so they had Santana and like Jericho at the took a
1: bubble bath.
0: Yeah, Jericho. He's or a bubbly bath. <laughs> it's so funny. And then like Santana's at the bottom and it says like street thug Santana. And then for Ortiz, it said something else. I can't remember. Something ridiculous. And then there was this lady. It was like Chris Jericho's aunt's cousin's friend from church or something like that. And she's talking about how I knew Chris since he was a little boy, and all he ever wanted to be was AEW champion, which is great because the company's been around for a year. But Sammy Guevara with the line of the night and says, Chris Jericho is in his prime. He is the youngest AEW champion of all time, which he is because he's (laughs) the only AEW champion of all time.
1: That's the joke.
0: It was so good. And then Jake Hager... Like, it zooms in on Jake Hager, and he's just standing there with his hands behind his back. Doesn't say a word. And they did that, like, five different times, and it was always so funny. And then Jericho ends it with his little bit of the bubbly line. I don't remember exactly what he said, but guys, please. Go watch the Cody one, and then watch the Jericho one right after. It is absolutely brilliant.
1: I think my favorite line of this, and Matt, uh... Much much like they did in this promo, you can uh, bleep me because you're going to need to. Uh, Chris's aunt or whoever, she says, I know Chris Jericho will beat the shit out of Cody Rhodes at full gear. I laughed so hard. Yeah.
0: This is <laughs> like this regular old lady. So
1: hilarious. I mean, they bleeped her because she said the S word, but uh, so good. <laughs> I, I laughed. My only, So I loved this. Absolutely loved it. And you're right. It was equally as good as the Cody Rhodes promo. The only reason I don't think this was as good is Chris Jericho's job to get everybody to hate him and to piss everybody off. But you know everybody's going to love this. I mean, they were being, you know, so, you know, it's still to the inner circle's character. Right. But it was so great at the same time. Like, Chris Jericho came out later in the show for the main event, and everybody went crazy for him. Like, he was the biggest babyface besides Cody on the show. Yeah. So, (laughs) it, it was really it didn't do him a service as being a heel per se, but right. I still loved it. It was great. I'm
0: not sure that he could get that AEW crowd to boo him though.
1: Right. It just definitely did help,
0: but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree,
1: but, but it, it was, was still great.
0: It was, it was great. And my, my beautiful wife, B dubs says, when is the last time we've had good comedy on a wrestling show? And I said, you're right. I mean, our truth stuff with the 24 seven title has been pretty good. But like this was literally edge of your seat, laugh out loud, funny, not just oh ha ha, look at our truth being silly. It was, it was hilarious.
1: I think the only thing that's made me laugh on WWE TV besides you know like stuff you should, stuff shouldn't be laughing at is like Rusev saying uh, what was wrong with him having wanting to have sex with Lana all the time. Right. right. <laughs> but that's just do Rusev. you blame me? Yeah. So other than that one line. WWE hasn't done comedy this well in probably the last decade.
0: Yeah, and WWE didn't write that. Rusev wrote that in the moment. He said that yes. in the moment. That that was natural. That's why it was good.
1: Yes, I mean, yeah, this is fantastic and just hilarious. Definitely go watch it if you can find it online because it's it was hilarious.
0: Yeah, so it's actually it's on Chris Chris Jericho and AAW on TNT on Instagram. You guys can't oh, miss there it. There you go. Yep. Yeah. so. After this, we had Jamie Hayter and Emi Sakura versus Riho and Shanna. Jamie Hayter and Shanna are the two girls that wrestled last week. And Emi Sakura, it, we all know who Riho is, and Emi Sakura is the girl that dresses as Freddie Mercury.
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Freddie Mercury fan. He yeah. was a, one of my musical idols growing up. I do not care for Sakura coming out dressed as him. No, why not? Mainly, mainly because... Well, A, nobody's Freddie Mercury, but Freddie Mercury. And that horrible music she comes out to. It's
0: so bad! Thank you! It
1: is the worst theme music of all time. <laughs> I, honestly, Matt, and you're probably not going to agree with me, I hate this way more than Asuka Kairi Sane music. Well, way worse than Baron Corbin's crappy
0: King of the Ring music.
1: I cannot stand this music.
0: So when, it, when she came out, because I've only seen her one other time, and that was in that six-woman tag, which was incredible. And so she came out, and I, or maybe a, a couple times. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She came out, right. and I'm like, this music's pretty terrible. Isn't she supposed to be like Queen? And so, spoiler alert, she won the match. And the music plays again, so I actually listen intently this time. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, who That was in the, the mistake world? that you made. Yeah, I'm like, who in the world <laughs> let her come out to this? It is so bad. It's yeah. so
1: bad. Like, it's... It's a uh, like in 64 wrestling music bad. Like it's Yeah. I think it was worse. Than Sounds that. like it belongs on WWE 2K20.
0: Yeah. It was it was bad. So, I think this match and in, in, in bless these four women because they worked their butts off and the match wasn't bad. It just there's something about the the AEW women's division that it's a little lacking. And Riho is always amazing and I like Where's Yuka Sakazaki? Because she was the other one that I'm like, yeah, she's amazing. Hikaru Shida wrestled uh, last week, and actually, uh, was it last week? Yeah, she wrestled. Yeah, she beat yeah, She Shana. wrestled Shanna, that's right. And it just, they only have like three or four women that I think I could I could label as superstars. I know Britt Baker has a lot put behind her. B Priestley has a lot. But, ne- and, and they're both great workers. But neither of them have really shown... What they can do in AEW so far, in my opinion. And I think you can even say the same thing about Kenny Omega. So I just after watching NXT and seeing basically the, the the most stacked major women's division I've ever seen, it really shows a glaring hole in AEW's women's division.
1: Hmm. I actually like this match. Now, the match is um, fine.
0: I just well, it was just uh, let me fine. Say-
1: I I actually... So, I wasn't a big fan of the match with Shanna and um, Sheeta last week. Yeah. Uh, I thought it went a little too long. And I think this match went a little too long as well. But I thought it was a lot cleaner. And I actually thought Shanna, she shined a lot more in this match, in my opinion. She did look better. Um, She
0: just signed a three-year contract, too, so she's official.
1: Yeah. So, I thought she did a lot better in this match than she did last week. Uh, Her and Rio worked well together. Sakura, like I said... I mean, I wasn't a fan of her gimmick, really. But um, mainly... Um, I, I mean, I joked about the Freddie Mercury thing, but it's also kind of like a babyface gimmick. I mean, if yeah. she, you could tell she's probably worked face in Japan and stuff. And like, she kept trying to do the, we will rock you clap. And I was like, yeah, they kept, they boot her. And, uh, some people clapped along, but more, she got more booze really. So she was like a heel, but still kind of doing babyface stuff. Um, Hater was a good heel. I thought she did pretty well. Um, yeah, and it, I'll just kind of quickly go over this match. Um, go for it. Yeah, so Rio and Sakura started the match pretty quickly, which I thought was good because the match last week started a little slow and sloppy. Sakura got the advantage early on. Rio was thrown around by her hair. Sakura did get some good heat at some point, but just like I said, her gimmick's not really heelish. So yeah, Sakura. I mean, she played a good heel in this match, but like I said, sometimes she kind of I think she forgot and was you know trying to play her baby face gimmick with the yeah. clapping and stuff. But basically, Shanna got tagged in at one point. She immediately whiffed a European uppercut, and I was just like, oh, God, here we go. (laughs) But she uh, turned it around because, like I said, I thought she did really great in this match. Uh, The babyfaces kept control, hit some good tag moves, like tag team moves. Sakura, she was able to get the advantage by blocking a suplex and digging her nails into Rios' back. And then Hater was able to come in and kind of dominate, and then we did a picture-in-picture break again here, but the heels just basically continued to uh, dominate. Rio finally got the hot tag to Shanna. She had a good you know, moment to kind of run wild. But then the heels kind of got the advantage again. Shanna was able to regain control, hit a top rope crossbody on the outside. Um, she dropped Sakura on her head. Wow. <laughs> and Tony Schiavone correctly diagnosed a broken neck because that's what it looked like. Yeah. Uh, Sakura got up and was clearly just having body convulsions and was able to make the tag to hate her because she was dead. Uh, <laughs> Riho was knocked back to the floor by Hater. She controlled Shanna. Sakura then hit a Vader bomb, and Riho broke up the Vader bomb uh, pin with a top rope stomp. Uh, then Riho got the hot tag. Kind of tried to go wild, but uh, Sakura rolled her up pretty much immediately. Then they kind of exchanged roll-ups, and then just Sakura got a surprise roll-up on Rio and got the pin. Um, like I said, I like this match. Uh, better than the women's match they had last week, but much it did go a little bit long. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my only other gripe with this was they already announced for to me. I, did Sakura have a dark match or something that I didn't pay attention to or something like? They announced that she was getting a title match before this match. Oh really? And I, yeah, it, I mean, annu- I I'd know. heard it before. I haven't been
0: able to keep up with AEW dark, so I'm not sure.
1: Well, I'm just I don't think they announced it there, but I'm not sure if she's even gotten wins. I think she might have picked up a win on dark since then, but. Anyway, she just they already announced that she had won this when if they're gonna have this finish, they should have just let this finish happen, let this match happen, and then just give her the title match after this. Yeah. It would have just made more a lot more sense. Instead she gets the title match and then rolls up Riho here. So that was really my only gripe. So Yeah. Uh but yeah. I, I enjoyed just, the match.
0: And again, I'm not knocking this match. The match was fine. It was it was pretty good, even. But And, and, and to be fair, NXT has, has had a long time to build a strong women's division. Years. Right. Okay? Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's fair to compare them right now. I definitely but,
1: think they need to find their players. Um, right. I think Riho, I mean, when she came out, she got a pretty good pop. Yeah, and big one. I mean, there was even a little girl in the crowd holding up a Riho sign, a little right. light girl. So that's something so yeah. she's over so she can be a player i think hater is a good heel shanna impressed me we'll see what Britt baker uh, i mean she's got potential but she hasn't had the greatest matches um we'll see what her and b Priestley do um it is interesting too because obviously i mean we'll get into it in a second but well i'll just go ahead and say after the match we had a brandy uh, yeah, awesome promo. that's gonna
0: be great
1: and that, that may be an issue as well that Kong is probably their biggest star. Oh, by far. You know, in the women's division. And she, other than her very first appearance on AEW, hasn't had like a match on TV or anything. Like she hasn't debuted yet. So that also hurts the women's division. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting uh, when they finally do debut. Ba- basically, Brandy, she split off from Cody Rhodes. She's kind of just doing her own thing now. She's voodoo Brandy or whatever she's doing. <laughs> and she's a uh, Basically, just sitting in a chair uh, talking, and the camera just slow zooms on her. And she's basically just saying how people had, you know, wrote her off saying she was, you know, just, you know, in her place because Cody's by her side. And uh, they keep flashing Awesome Kong's face as they slowly zoom into her talking. She says that she's the brains while Kong is the muscle. Um, and yeah, she basically and she ended it by saying, "Who are the bullies now?" Um, right. I like this promo a lot, uh, way better than the video they played last week. Yeah, <laughs> which was the weird. I mean, I think they did a lot of things last week, uh, a lot of weird new stuff like the Kenny Omega video game package and all that. I think that was mainly like Halloween themed stuff. Yeah, is why it might have been as weird as it was, but this was much par for the course, I think.
0: Yeah. And I enjoyed it. It was cool. It was a little strange, but I don't mind them, you know, giving her another character.
1: It is weird to
0: see if she's obviously at some point again, going to be Cody's wife. And I'm okay with giving her her own character and letting her split from Cody. And that's fine. But that when they reunite, it's going to be really strange.
1: Yeah. And obviously there's, there's potential for a good dynamic for Cody and Brandy. And they played off it many times before because they're almost like the modern day, Randy and Liz of like, right. obviously they're already married, but um, I mean, they're, you know, they're together. Like every, they're, you know, they're a pair. So them being independent this whole time, like you said, they'll eventually get back together and, you know, work together. But yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it for now. So we'll just see where it goes.
0: Yeah. So we move on to Brandon Cutler versus Sean Spears. And I want to know what you think, but I'm going to tell you what I think real quick. Okay. So, I mentioned to my wife before the show. I said, "I wonder where Sean Spears has been." And I know he's been on dark a little bit, but I'm glad he got back and he's he got back in the win column. He beat he beat Brandon Cutler. And to me, this is how a squash match should happen. You should have someone in there who is a talented wrestler. They get in just enough offense to show that it's an actual match. But then the guy that you're pushing really starts to take out the other guy. It lasted like six to eight minutes, and I thought that this was absolutely perfect. Do you agree?
1: So, it was basically Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard, the chairman, right, versus uh, this Dungeons & Dragons nerd, Brandon Cutler. Right. And this loser who, uh, you know, he needs to go back to uh, rolling his dice because uh, he is a dweeb here.
0: Is this your MJF promo?
1: Let me talk about this is, uh <laughs> He got put in his place here right where he des- deserves to be. The chairman showed him who was boss. Uh, this kid just needs to quit. He's uh, a loser. Anybody who plays Dungeons and Dragons, they have no business in the ring ever. Uh, so yeah, this guy got what he deserved. Sean Spears is still using the 10 gimmick, which... He should uh, not be doing. He did ditch the contacts, which that's good. Uh, they also, in this uh, this match, showed the um, pliers he used on Joey Janela last week on AEW Dark. Um, but yeah, basically, like you said, it was a quick squash match. Uh, he beat this dweeb um, with a DVD, and then uh, basically after the match, totally threw a chair in the ring, and they were going to tease a DVD on the chair, and then Janela came in for the save. I do agree this is how a squash match should be. It, it was good heat for Sean Spears. Cutler, you know, was impressive despite him being a complete geek here. Right. Yeah, and that's my bearing of Dungeons & Dragons for the night.
0: So, are you just doing that because I abandoned you last week and I went to do Dungeons & Dragons?
1: So, the picture-in-picture picture break after this...
0: Uh... <laughs> it's moving forward! Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Now, go ahead. Go ahead and move on. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, so... The picture in picture break was Jericho, Sammy Guevara getting ready for their match for the night, and Paige and Omega preparing as well for the main event. Another great way to use picture in picture, not in the middle of the match. Right. So another thumbs up. I'm glad to see that. Yeah. Uh, basically, and then we had we come back from the break. We essentially had a music video hyping John Moxley versus Kenny Omega's match. One good thing that WWE has done for years has done their video packages. Even to the point where my girlfriend was sitting down watching, and she's, trust me, I say that she watches the matches with me, but she's basically ridiculing it the whole time because she <laughs> definitely doesn't get it. And she <laughs> thinks their acting is horrible and basically just craps on it the whole time until every now and then she'll see something cool We should cool, have but...
0: her on the show. That sounds interesting.
1: Yeah. So she, but they've played a video package before and she was watching it. She was like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So WWE does video package very well.
0: They do. This,
1: was also done very well. Yeah. I thought this was an awesome video package. They had like a lot of slow-mo shots of like Moxley, you know, DDTing, uh Omega into the glass table and like the glass just shattering everywhere. Like they showed a lot of even old clips of Moxley from like the XCW days, you know, blood on his face. Like, uh, just you know, a lot of good imagery here. It is basically just a music video of yeah. um, highlighting their careers and, the match at Full Gear, and I loved it. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, I I really did too. And I, I if there's one thing that WWE does really well, it's their packages. I mean, they yeah. do an absolutely incredible job, and AEW's been doing them really well too. But they've been doing them very small well packages as well. Yeah, they've been doing them very well <laughs> in a in a different way. So this this didn't look like a WWE package to me, but it was still really well done. Yeah, I agree. So main event time. And you've got Kenny Omega Man X and Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho and the Spanish God Sammy Guevara with Jake Hager on the outside. Tell us about it.
1: Uh, Page came out without his chaps, so I was a little uh, disappointed in that.
0: And without his horse.
1: Without his horse, so he left his uh, cowboy crap at home. I won't won't make you bleep me out again. i got enough Um, editing to do, man. Okay, so Omega, he comes out, and as bad as Sakura's music was, Kenny Omega's music is equally awesome. Uh, it's basically Mega Man themed, and I love it. So it's so good. It's yeah. I, I mean, his, his and Cody, Cody Rhodes and Adam Page's music are all awesome, uh-huh. and Young Bucks. Yeah, they all have good music. Um, so basically, they come out, and then Sammy comes out. Uh, Gimmick infringement here, taking out his phone and doing the Tyler Breeze thing. So he's uh, basically FaceTiming as he walks to the ring. Um, It works for him, but it was Tyler Breeze gimmick first. (laughs) Uh, They hype coming to Nashville next week. JR dropped a bunch of hot references like hot chicken and Zanies. You ever had hot chicken, Matt? No. Yeah, it's basically really, really good and really, really spicy chicken. So
0: Looking forward to it. We'll have a try sometime. Yeah. Uh,
1: so JR's dropping a bunch of references that I understand. Jericho then comes out with Jake Hagar and gets a huge pop for his mm-hmm. awesome video package earlier in the night. All his gear, like his jacket and his scarf, which he ragged on Cody for wearing a scarf. Or was it MJF for wearing the scarf? MJF, yeah. Yeah. He ragged on him for wearing it, but here he is wearing it covering the AEW belt. He comes in and uh Jericho teases a face off with the mega the crowds. Starting to rumble. They're starting to get all into it. And Jericho turns around tags in Sammy. So, great heel move. So good. Sammy comes in, was able to control Omega earlier, uh, actually. uh, Kind of tossing him around for a bit until Omega reversed uh, wrist lock. Got him in it and just started slapping him in the head. He then started chopping the piss out of Sammy. (laughs) Just beating the snot out of him, slapping him, chopping him. Uh, He tagged Paige. A cowboy chant broke out here. And like I said, this needs to be a shirt. And it uh, should be a chant for every match. And it was multiple times done here. Basically controlled Sammy the whole time. Uh, Tony Schiavone quickly pointed out that Jericho is not being much help to Sammy. Jerry said he definitely was picking his spots. <laughs> but Jericho was finally able to get the tag. He came in and the heels started uh, you know, beating up on Paige, getting the control here. But Paige hit a clothesline to make the tag to Omega. Uh, he took out Jericho, started working on Sammy, went to chopping the piss out of him some more, hit a moonsault for a near fall. Uh, Omega was about to tease a dive, but Jericho slid in and intervened, but he beat Jericho up, threw him to the outside, then was teasing another dive, but Hagar jumped up on the ring apron, clubbed <laughs> him in the back, behind the wrist back, and it knocked Omega down. The heels regain control as we go to the next picture and picture break. And basically the heels maintained control during this break. Uh, Sammy was choking Omega with a tag rope, you know, basically controlling him. But then he finally got away, rolled away uh, from Jericho, made the hot tag to Paige. Paige comes in and runs wild, clothesline everybody, dives to the outside, hits a wind-up lariat. Uh, Jericho tried to get him in a line tamer, but he reversed it. Omega tossed Sammy to the outside, but Hagar caught him, which was pretty cool. But then Omega dove to the outside, hit both of them, and then Hangman gets up on the top rope, hits a diving moonsault. All is going their way. They're, you know, gaining momentum. Page gets back on the apron, and who runs in but that bastard, Pac. He runs in, kicks Page in the balls on the apron. Uh, Page gets in the ring. Jericho hits him with the Judas effect and picks up the win for the Inner Circle. Uh, The Inner Circle members get in the ring, and they start putting the boots to Page. Cody... Ran in Made the save In uh, full gear In a suit Jericho and Hagar They they were able to get out of the ring And retreated to the ramp But MJF came out Hit him in the back With a chair Threw Jericho in the ring And Cody hit the crossroads On Jericho Then Moxley runs in This is where stuff Really started getting interesting Yeah Moxley runs in With a barbed wire bat Omega and Moxley Have a stare down uh, Omega eventually gets His barbed wire Covered cover broom Jericho basically attacked him from behind uh, Attack Cody, sorry, from behind. Santana Ortiz ran in and attacked Omega and Moxley before they could fight. And then the Young Bucks ran out. The crowd goes crazy. They come in, have a super kick party. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all this, just randomly went, Yes! <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't hear it, you go back and listen to it. I'm pretty sure he just yelled out. Like, it was hilarious. Uh, Santana Ortiz fought the Young Bucks and actually teased a powerbomb off the stage again on the top. But Moxley and Omega came up and made the save. Then they just start beating up on each other, which is hilarious. Then everybody's fighting up on the stage. Chaos is just ensuing. You know, everybody's going crazy. And Nick Jackson climbs up to the top of the stage. Jericho saunters over to the group, which is you know, great because he was just dazed and just walked over to the group. Nick Jackson had a flip dive and everybody down. Jericho fell backwards and fell right in the cameraman and pushed him off the stage. Just absolute chaos breaking out here. It was a great way to end the show. A great way to roll into full gear. I just thought this main event was awesome. And the, the uh, brawl afterwards was just fantastic.
0: It was really, really think? great. I mean, it was so good. And the WWE brawls, and even, honestly, some of the NXT brawls, have, just, have been kind of lacking. I don't really like it when a bunch of guys are just kind of fighting in circles, punching each other, throwing each other into a wall.
1: Had the geeks run out and separate them, then they exactly. break apart and yeah, just have a. They've they've really done the pull apart brawl over and over. I mean, they just run it into the ground in WWE. Yeah. This
0: is this was different. It had a high spot. It had some cool moments. It interweaved multiple storylines. I loved every second of this, and I ate it up. And when the match was over, there was like five or six minutes left, and I'm like, okay. So something's going to happen, and then you see Moxley walking through the crowd, and it was just so good. There was a, a spot that was missed, um, and again, AEW's getting much better with their production, but Kenny Omega pulled out his uh, his mop or broom or whatever the heck it is with the barbed wire around it, and you heard the crowd scream, but the camera was like on some goofs outside laying on the ground. So you missed that part, yeah. which is a little bit of a bummer.
1: Well, I mean, the... there was a lot of chaos going on. So, yeah, I mean, it, it they missed a couple things too. Like, they Jericho getting Cody outside the ring, um, you know, they, they missed a couple things, but like I said, all in all, it was it, at least it wasn't a hundred million camera cuts like WWE does, right? To try to make it look more dramatic, uh, they just kind of let the chaos happen. And yeah,
0: yeah, it makes sense, but I I liked it and it went off the air with with excitement and it makes you want to watch it again next week, it was good. It makes you want to watch Full Gear. I know, I know, and I'm going to get it. I'm very excited about it. I do want to say, though, and you tell me if you disagree with me, talking about production, the announcers aren't loud enough.
1: Um, So I think I've heard this. I think I've heard this complaint because I believe they, because like I said, I listen to the Wrestling Observer um, radio. Yeah to hear the news and stuff. Um, I, I think Dave Meltzer brought up that this was an issue that some people can't hear the announcer sometime, whereas other people can hear them fine. I never have an issue with them. I mean, it was pretty chaotic in the minute, you know, after the main event was over and it was, there's probably a lot going on. So maybe you couldn't hear them and I didn't necessarily
0: need to hear them. So may, I didn't really notice. I don't mean to, able to hear. I mean the whole show. I feel huh. like when I'm watching NXT or Raw and SmackDown, I can always hear the announcers whether I want to or not, just clear and concise. And with AEW, I mean, I watched it live, and I just, I just feel like that mix just still isn't there. I think the announcers need to be just a little bit louder. I
1: I heard them fine, and maybe that's okay. like I think that's an issue that I've heard before. Yeah, some people can't hear them very well, while others had no issue, and I, I definitely hear all of them. Clearly through the whole show. So yeah, maybe that's something we need to look into. Like if, is there like a different audio level for some people? That's I don't know. Kind of interesting. It is weird. Yeah. I, I heard it through the whole show. Um, yeah. Like I said, during the main event thing, I okay. didn't really notice, but um, yeah, everything else. Like I said, I heard Tony Schiavone flip out at one point. So yeah, <laughs> I haven't had any issue, any issue with it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Well, if you were to grade, this episode of AEW, what would you grade it? I
1: thought it had some issues. Obviously, nothing big and glaring. I mean, all the matches were great. You know what they what they should have been. Um, like I said, the women's match probably went a little bit longer than it should. And I, like I said, I would prefer uh, soccer getting the win here, and then and them announcing the tag or the uh, title match at full gear. Yeah you know, the dark old party thing, uh, good match, but like you said, kind of confusing with them setting this match. But I mean, that's just booking as far as like the actual matches go. I thought both were good matches and those were the low points of the show. Right. And they were good. So I mean, I'm giving this an a, I really enjoyed the show. Yeah, I thought it was a perfect go home show for the, for full gear. I mean, I'm excited for full gear Saturday. Like so Cody's promo was a plus plus Jericho's, parody video and you know inner circle being a bunch of dicks they were you know great main event was fantastic Pac and trent was a good match and i mean like you said it had no right to be as good as it was but it was still great and yeah. had a good squash match on here so yeah i i didn't see any negatives on the show uh and even the negatives i gave were very nitpicky, picky which right you know, is what i do so <laughs> i thought the show was great
0: i'm giving it an a I agree with you, and if I think, if that tag team match, and again, it was good, I know I've been picking on it a lot, but there's not much to pick on here. If that tag team match was a banger, this would have been an A-plus show. 100%, no doubt. Yeah. The show was so, so good. It's, in my opinion, the best Dynamite that we've had so far. I think this is week six. It's better than any Raw or SmackDown we've had in years. Years. Yeah. And it's it's better than I've seen from anything from NXT recently. But again, I haven't watched a lot of NXT, and this isn't a knock against NXT because they have been putting on some incredible shows. But this and is the best actually even
1: they actually even rivaled them in ratings this week.
0: Yeah, they They're did like right underneath them. I know, but th- this is the best wrestling show I've seen in years. I mean, I I, I just sat there for two hours, and the, basically the whole time I was on the edge of my sh- uh, edge of my seat. I yeah. loved it. It was so good. Solid. Solid. A. And uh, I don't know how they can. They, they, there's not much farther higher they can go. I love. I'm loving. We'll these see shows. Saturday. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for Saturday. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 57 of Wrestle Life Radio. We just told you all about AEW Dynamite. We will be back tomorrow to tell you all about Full Gear. And so we will. We're going to make some predictions. We're going to tell you our thoughts. And uh, we'd love to hear yours, too. So make sure to leave a comment below. Like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at WrestleLifeRadio. You can follow us on Twitter at WrestleLifePod. You can follow Chris at WrestleLifeHill on Twitter. And on Instagram, you can follow Kyle at... Kyle.Polly. Kyle. You can follow me on both at Wrestle Life Matt. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we appreciate you. We couldn't do this without you. We wouldn't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for telling your friends. We appreciate you. Listen to the Full Gear show and then watch Full Gear because AEW is amazing and they deserve it. Have a wonderful day. Yes!